Welcome back to Employee of the Month. On this episode, I had a delightful and hilarious and fascinating conversation with the brilliant TV creator, Amy Sherman Palladino. Ken Tucker at NPR described her as creating the greatest mother-daughter relationship ever on television. And I, I think she really set the bar very high for cable TV, but also network television, particularly in creating these smart females who have interactions that don't necessarily revolve around boys. It's not that they're asexual, so they have boyfriends, but they are also full dimensional human beings, um, which is a rare feat in television. She is totally self-aware and honest that she can be really difficult to work with and work for, which I also appreciated, and is just so humble about how funny and smart her characters are. Amy Sherman Palladino is best known for having created Gilmore Girls, which was on the air for seven seasons, um, six of which she show ran. I don't know if that's, if you just say show run, show ran, show walked. Uh, she was the showrunner, the TV creator. I just don't know what the past tense of um, what it's like. The point is she got pushed out of her own show and the show went to shit for the last year. I'm just telling you. That's just my personal opinion. But we got to talk about what it's like to have to leave something you've created and shepherded in but still has your name on it. Also talked about mentoring and you get a sense of where her humor might come from when you hear about her family dynamics. Amy Sherman Palladino also created Bunheads and a bunch of other shows and is already at work on her next greatest adventure. So without further ado, please enjoy our interview from the live show Employee of the Month. Greatest parts of Were we your supposed show. to kiss yes. when we walked? When you, I walked should on? we kiss now? We sort of like almost yeah, kissed. Yeah, let me kiss now. I need a kiss. I need quite a hug. kiss, and we kind of. Should we do this? So I want to um, just start out, Ken Tucker, who is a phenomenal critic on NPR, has described the Gilmore Girls as having the greatest mother-daughter relationship ever on television. Well, we like Ken. <laughs> you Ken's were, a fine man. It is pretty phenomenal. You showed the, first of all, you had the first female star who was a young girl who was smart and liked being smart. Mm-hmm. More than boys. More huh? than boys. Huh? For a while. <laughs> for like half a... Half the pilot, then she, <laughs> basically, and then she met Dean, and it's like, ah. But she was genuinely an but aspiring But seriously, for like 10 minutes, she didn't give a shit about boys. <laughs> that's, that, that's a record. The other thing is that you are known for having these incredibly witty, fast-paced dialogues. What equals talking fast to you? Like, do you feel like you talk faster than most people, or do you feel like you have, like, a normal speed when you talk? I, I, I feel like people don't wait 20 minutes to say yes if they want a fucking cup of coffee. I mean, people in life, you go, do you want a cup of coffee? They say yes, they want no. you want sugar? Do you want milk? What do you want? It's like, on TV, it's like, everything's like, do you want coffee? <laughs> The dog's looking, and it's like, <laughs> yes. It's like, Jesus Christ, just say fucking yes already. Nobody's getting any younger. People are dying all around you. Get your show over before someone else drops dead. That's my whole thing. I just feel like my, and my attention span is, it's like, 
you know, it's like, oh, I like you now. I don't know if I like you anymore. So it's like, it's like keep, keep going while people still like you. Well, and does part of your comic timing come from having, I mean, you, your dad is a comedian. Who's, he, was he, was, a comedian. Well, he was a comedian. He was a comedian, I apologize. And he, was, he was working till the very end, actually. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got part of a, uh, a joke on his casket. It's the wrong punchline. My mother and I had a big fight during the... I'm glad I brought it up. It's a long thing, yeah. We just had a fight over what to put on the casket, and I said, oh, let's put the punchline of the, the uh, hit a pig, and she goes, that's not the punchline, and I said, no, it is, Mom, and she says, no, it's not, and we're in the middle of Forest Lawn, and I'm saying, no, because this is the bit. He goes, when's in North Carolina? I'm doing the 20-minute bit, and she's like, that's not the bit. The bit goes, it was a whole thing. Was whole. Meanwhile, <laughs> she won because she was married to him, and I, I wanted her to have what she wanted, and the wrong line is on the casket. This is like better than it's any not, Larry It's David not the right episode. line. It's like, and, and, and then the great thing was that at the funeral, she brought all his friends up, and all his friends are comics too. And they all know his act, and they, she walked him by the casket, and one by one they went into the casket, and they went... And then I see my mom going and explaining the wrong part of the joke to every <laughs> single person who came to the funeral. That's my mama. And is she still performing as well? She, she was a, a singer or actor? Oh, God, oh. I don't know. What, my, <laughs> my, my mother, my mother is... I think uh, we're related. My, my mother decided uh, last, in the last uh, 10 years, she's 83, to resume her career. And she's um, got a one-woman show called Still Struttin'. <laughs> Still Stratton, where is Still Stratton? Where can we see Still Stratton? Oh, anywhere in the valley. Basically, <laughs> there's a lot of, it's a, it's a valley thing at the moment. But she's, she's working up to it. She's got songs and dances. And, and it's a, a, an hour and 40 minutes with an intermission. And it's just her. <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes. She does a whole <laughs> medley of Sammy Davis Jr. songs for no reason. And... <laughs> And she can't sing, and it's it's. <laughs> so, did writing all these wonderful mother-daughter relationships enable you to play out the reality in your life, or were they a way to be aspiring as to what the kind of ideal? I mean, when I watch the Gilmore Girls, it seems like the perfect—they're best friends. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like Th the perfect mother-daughter relationship. That's not the relationship. That's that's the it's the Emily Lorelai relationship. That's a little closer to home. So the main character Lauren Graham has with her mother, yeah. Kelly Bishop. Yeah. Grandma, can I have some baby pictures of you and Grandpa? Any particular reason? Yeah, we're doing this visual family history project for school. Oh, well, if it's for school, I suppose I could dig something up. And I need some of Mom, too. I thought we already had this conversation. Yeah, but I don't believe you. Mother, tell her. I don't have any baby pictures of your mother. Thank you. How could you not have any baby pictures of mom? Because when your mother was seven, I came downstairs and found her burning all of her baby pictures. Why would you do that? I'm sure you were a cute baby. She was. She was very cute. Four, three, two, one. In most respects. Then we have liftoff. What does that mean? Nothing. I don't see what the problem is. You certainly grew into it. Grown into what? As a child, your mother had an unusually large head. The best thing about it was that she would tell me constantly. My first complete sentence was, big head, want dolly. I can't imagine it being that bad. It wasn't. It just affected her balance a little, so... Okay, can we please talk about something besides my formerly huge head? Yeah, that, that It's resonated. the waspy constant disappointment as opposed to the Judaic constant disappointment. Can you, can you, can you, can you distinguish those two for me? Because I think that's an important distinction. Well, well, waspy, they're, they're, they're in St. John's knits while they're being disappointed. And, 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 and Jews are just a little bit more sighing and there's a 
mustard stain and <laughs> some arugula. You know. I think it's better because we get it out. We're aggressive, aggressive versus passive aggressive, maybe. You think no. so? No, I don't really. No, I think we're all every form of aggressive. I think they're very similar. I think it's just that one has more quaffing and the other one's just more, look what you've done. I agree. It is. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you, you had this phenomenal show that was both critically acclaimed and incredibly popular. You ran it for six. It's super short-lived. It was very long-lived. It was six years under your reign. Oh, you're talking about Gilmore. Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Yes. Gilmore, yeah, we'll get Gil to the next one. Gilmore bought me a lot of hats. It's great. She, she usually wears her signature hat. And what was it like having your baby taken away from you, but your name is still on it? Well, it's very, you know, the, the last year. It, it was very weird. It was, it was, uh, because I, frankly, I, I, nobody thought, I didn't think I wasn't going to be there, and, and none of the actors thought, because I was sort of telling them, I was saying, you know, Lauren, I think this is, this is, you know, because I was directing the last episode, and she didn't really believe me until like the last couple of days. And then it's like, I, and she, 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 she sort of, you know, walked really close to me for like two days and and it was it was nice for like an hour and then it's like because she's very tall Laura and it's, yeah it's, and after a while you're not sure if she's gonna hug you or kill you or what because she's she's just tall and thin and she looks great in jeans and it was it was very um it was it was it was weird it was weird it was a little sad that I didn't get to finish it you know did but, you ever watch it after y you no no. no, because, to be totally honest, and I was very supportive of the people that, that were there. They, it, was, it was, you know, my husband Dan and I were running the show, and it was our hand-picked staff and um, our second that took it over. So it's not like they, you know, went out and found, you know, some, someone else to, to, to do it. It was someone who had been with us and, and sort of knew how we did things. So I sort of felt like if I watched it and it was good, I was going to kill myself. And if I watched it and it was terrible, I was going to kill myself. So either way, I'm dead. So it just—it was just sort of like I wished everyone well, and I went off and drank. And no, and you also went off and, and wrote again. I mean, you are incredibly prolific, and not all of them make it on the air. But you are constantly getting hired to to write things. You pitch very successfully in the room. Well, I I, I can't I can't do anything else. I mean, I you if I don't get hired to write, I'm fucked. It's so sort of like you know, I have no transferable skills. I, I, I'm a terrible typist. I have no grammar skills. You were a dancer skills. before you became I was, a writer. But that ends when you're 17. I know. You know? I, I, as, soon, I, as soon as your ass falls, it's all over <laughs> with the dancing. I was just going to show a real quick clip from Bunheads, which was a very recent show, which for anyone who grew up dancing is a beloved show. Um, and what I loved is that you actually had an honest discussion about sex with three generations of women. You also feature older women on your show. God forbid they appear on television. And it was so candid, and it even mentioned um, birth control. Yeah, well, we, we wanted to do... Uh, we, two of our uh, four bunheads uh, decided... Well, one of our four bunheads decided it was time for her to have sex with her boyfriend, but she didn't want to do it by herself, so she made her other friend decide to have sex with her boyfriend too and they were all going to research it and make sure they did it properly i think we need to step it up step what up i think we need to consider having sex now with each other no with roman and carl me with roman you with carl but carl and i are waiting a year and a half is a long time time that includes dances parties friday night parties that he can go to and you can't because you have class in the morning and there's girls at these parties Party girls. That time also includes camp. Six weeks where you're apart. And he'll be a junior counselor this year. He'll wear the gray shorts. He'll be doing bed checks. He'll have privileges. Power. 
That's a big turn-on to a lot of girls. I know. Plus, in a year and a half, you're not the new girlfriend anymore. You're just the old girlfriend who made him wait a year and a half. You're planning on doing it with him anyhow, so what's the difference if you just move it up a bit? You're ready? With Roman? I think timing is important. We should strike while the iron is hot. But what do we do? How do we work this? I need to shave my legs. Hey, what are you guys doing? We're going to have sex. How long were we asleep? Boo and I made some decisions tonight regarding our future, and tomorrow we'll start putting a plan in motion. What does that mean? We'll start with research. What time can we all meet at the library? All? You're the horn dogs. We've got potential spinster buddy comedy written all over our faces. This isn't about boyfriends. This is about information. We are young women in a frantic time, and we grow up quickly. We need to be ready for anything. Ignorance is not bliss. I'm an intelligent woman, and I will not have ignorant friends. 10 o'clock. I'll bring muffins. But this is amazing. I mean, they, they go and, and look at birth control together. I had never I had never seen that on television. It was a thoughtful analysis of how to approach sex uh, with a teenager. Well, we, uh, we, and, our, and our condom budget was very high. That show. <laughs> Long talks with the network about the condom budget. And... Oh, what's that? This is the guide to getting it on, which a friend gave me, and it is a... Um, very graphic book that you can take home with you. But it doesn't have that good vagina shot. You know, the, the, the old, the original Our Bodies Ourselves, you open that book and there's a vagina in there. I, I don't know if anyone's got that original book. They, they've classed it up a little bit. There's a vagina shot that is like, because it's before you did a lot of waxing and grooming and it's, 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 it's like a, a country of, of it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Lord of the Rings sort of like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's Mordor, it's, it's got, it's, a, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And if you've never truly looked at your vagina before, if you're young and it's just down there and it's maybe not quite as fully sprouted yet, it, it's the most horrifying, you never want a, anything to happen below here. It's... My family's here. Oh. Um, so I wanted to hear you, you've, in television, writers become bosses. What trains you as a writer to become a boss? <laughs> Desperation. Uh, have, having a lot of people screw up your scripts. That's what happens, you know, because you, you write scripts and you're young and you're youthful and you think other people are going to take care of them and they don't. The only one who's going to take care of them is you. So then you become a megalomaniac and a paranoid and you assumed everyone's going to fuck it up and then you, you know, you run around after people and you say, don't do that and no, that's, did you read the stage direction? It's, it's no, it's not a blueprint. I mean it. I do it exactly the way I wrote it. No, th there's a word missing and then people hate you and, but you get exactly what you want. You know, the thing about TV, TV is a writer's medium. Movies are the, the, where they get to kick the writers in the head a lot. It's where they, they hire a lot of writers and they pay them a lot of money. And the minute you finish your script, you realize four of your friends are rewriting the script that you just turned in. And you can all have coffee at some point and talk about, hey, yeah, I was draft number 13. It's like, I did a rewrite of that darn cat once. And, <laughs> huh? That's glamorous. And there was a list of people who had written, uh, taken a shot at this. And I knew five of them. There was a list like that. And, but in TV, if they get your show on the air, the, you're the one who's there every week. So you're the shepherd. You're the person who is, is, is sort of that, that, you get to sort of get that shot until they fire you, you know, which they like to do. But until they fire you and they take your parking pass away from you, you get to be the person to sort of really shepherd the story from story breaking in a room to 
editing. You get that last shot of editing. So, do you mentor people when you have them on staff? Do you? No. Do you, no. No. I'm 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 the least uh, nurturing human being on the face of this earth. There's almost no one other than sort of some sort of convicted felon who is less concerned about other people than I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to the show. <laughs> so happy you came. I was going to give you Percocet, but maybe I should keep it. Um, I did, I wanted to give you Bold Maid, someone gave me this t to me, and then I thought, you know what? Amy Sherman Palladino can make a movie out of this, I bet. I bet you can pitch this in a room. What the hell is this? It's Old Maid, but now it's called Bold Maid. I so like it. I like See? it. And actually, it is really fun once you open it up. All right. So if you can pitch that and make it into a movie. I will work on that. Do you want my oxycodone, or are you okay? I'll I do. take it. I do. Okay, I good. do. I'll take it. Um, thank you, Amy, for doing the show. This was so, so fun. I'm You're very welcome. I'm... Just a huge fan, as I think I can speak for just about just checking everyone milligrams. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't kidding. Don't go too far with You're me. adorable. <laughs> you guys, keep it going for Amy Sherman Palladino. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Joel Arnold for editing these together. And I hope to see you at one of the live shows, either December 18th at Upright Citizens, Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. I need, to, I need to get speaking lessons. Or at Joe's Pub on January 8th. Go to the website, employeeofthemonthshow.com to subscribe and get on the mailing list. Um, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you like these episodes, please let us know on iTunes. Your ratings mean a great deal. Your listening means the world. So thank you so much. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Oh, that you